High School Spartan Podcast. I'm uh, Uxbridge High School Principal Mike Rubin, and pleasure to have you on board with us uh, for this edition, uh, the holiday edition uh, of our podcast. And, um, you know, it comes to us uh, at kind of a difficult time. Um, you now, our hope when we had opened school was we had set some checkpoints, and we had really hoped at one point that we wanted to get to uh, first, the, the Columbus Day holiday was be that first sort of milestone for us, uh, that long weekend that we would have opened school, gotten through a couple of weeks. And then it, from there, it was Thanksgiving, and we, and we hit both of those milestones pretty well. Um, and, you know, following Thanksgiving, we realized there were some challenges, um, obviously, to our community not just Uxbridge High School. This is not a UHS issue. It's certainly something that's been going on state, global, et cetera, nationally uh, with the surge of the cases. And, um, you know, we are, we're disappointed that we have to go remote uh, next week, um, you know, especially right before the holidays. It's always a, a time for us to check in with students right before we leave for vacation, before we break for the end of the year. Uh, for our students and our staff to see each other, exchange seasons, greetings, and uh, we can't do that this year. And you know what? That that's that seems to be par for the course for 2020. Um, but at the same time, we are doing so uh, in terms of uh, moving to a fully remote model next week because of an abundance of caution. Uh, we reiterate there has not been widespread transmission in the building. But the number of cases coupled with the spike in the community and the number of individuals who are either on quarantine or isolation themselves, those who are symptomatic, those who have tested positive, um, that number is great. And it includes staff, it includes students, it includes support personnel. It's, it's, it's across the board. And as a result, it is more expedient at this point and safer for us to be um, learning remotely, at least for the interim. Our hope is uh, this, coupled with the week away of vacation, will give us an opportunity to hit the reset button and to start 2021 with a clean slate. Now, we need everybody um, on board. We need everybody to keep doing what they've uh, been trying to do, and that is to stay safe, mask up, and it means compromising some things that are really important to us. Um, you know, the holidays are a time to spend with family. Uh, I say it every year. The, the holidays are, are a time to, to disconnect from, you know, our screens and our work and to spend time with those who are closest to us. And we are asking people to do that either in very different ways or in somewhat limited ways. And, you know, Dr. Fauci is uh, the quote on NPR this week was for to everyone to have themselves a merry little Christmas with emphasis on the little and not the merry. Um, and I, I thought that was an interesting way of putting it. Um, regardless of what you think of science, I happen to be a firm believer in the science. Um, but I'm not passing that on to anybody else. This is not uh, <laughs> not me. Um you know, uh, pontificating or proselytizing the uh, the work of of the uh, you know of, of Dr. Fauci. It's it's his quote. I liked it. It was keep it little and keep it small. Keep it close to your your close contacts and and immediate family. And and that'll enable us to all be back 
uh, more safely and more quickly. Um, so yes, we will have remote classes um, and we will have a fully remote model um, as we exit 2020. Um, but our hope is as we start 2021 for us to be transitioning back very quickly. Um, over the break, just so families are aware, our food service department will have pickup at Taft um, on Wednesday, December 23rd and Wednesday, December 30th um, on the 23rd between 7 and 8 and on the 30th between 9 and 10. Um, families there per student will be able to pick up seven breakfasts, seven lunches and a gallon of milk. So we hope that many of you will take advantage of that. You can also give Mrs. Haley our food service director, uh, give her a jingle or shoot her an email if you have any questions. Um, but uh, again, free of charge, seven breakfasts, seven lunches, gallon of milk per student each day. Normal schedule for distribution. Uh, we'll pick back up on December 6th for the uh, remote students and in person, obviously, if we're back on January the 5th. We don't have school on January 4th. That first day back is a professional day. Um, you know, January 4th is a big day. I mean, we've circled it on our calendars for a couple of reasons. Um, first, um, you know, it, it's our day that we come back with our staff. Um, it's also scheduled to be our first day back with winter sports. And I just want to reiterate a few points. If you've been getting our announcements this week, we are moving forward with a plan for winter sports. Now, we have some variables that are outside of our control. We have some variables that are very much within our control. I'm gonna focus first on the ones that are within our control. Uh, and that is the safety protocols at Uxbridge High School. Um, we have drawn up protocols for game day, for practices, for coaches, for our student athletes, and for return to play if anybody happens to be uh, tested positive. We have uh, protocols in place right now, um, to be honest, with respect to safety um, on every detail we could possibly come up with. Um, we have operational guidelines that we have shared with the Board of Health that initially seem to be have been met with uh, some positivity and that they seem to be uh, in favor of and, and that would lead us to believe that they're going to support our ability to, uh, to conduct sports safely. Um, we do need to, to have that more formally approved by our health agent, but uh, in early and the early indications are that we would uh, be be in pretty good shape. We're going to work on on uh, our our goal is to work on a week to week basis, not uh, a game by game, or even to look at the season as a whole. Right now, uh, there's always the possibility that we're going into a game, let's say against uh, Northbridge. They're right next door. If we were to be playing Northbridge, and again, this isn't to presume that Northbridge is is going to have winter sports. Uh, we would be in touch as administrations to make sure we can safely play the game, that they haven't had any con uh, cases, we haven't had any cases. We'd be able to uh, transport our kids safely back and forth to the games. We would talk on the Monday, we would talk again later in the week, discussing our COVID metrics and making sure that we believe the game could be played safely. And if there's a single case within any given team, uh, there's no game. Um, we were not going to, because uh, an entire team could very well go on quarantine. And that's because of the nature of it's a respiratory condition. It's a virus. 
it'll be indoors and there's no way to necessarily measure the whole close contact piece once we start talking about uh, about a team um games that are postponed due to inclement weather will try and reschedule games that are postponed because of the virus may end up canceled um we have specific protocols in place for the gym we have protocols for game day but the one piece of this that we want families who are interested in winter and even spring sports as we look ahead um to understand is that participation in athletics this winter is more complicated than it was in the fall. And while we've been dedicating hundreds, if not thousands of hours to preparation, um, not just in sports, but the operation of schools in general, um, the reality is that an indoor athletic competition brings with it more risk than an outdoor athletic competition. Uh, most of the winter activities occur indoors, um, and that increases the viability of transfer of the virus, especially for something that's aerosol-based um, and respiratory, uh, making physical distancing more difficult during these sort of sports. And the athlete, the athletics that we sponsor, namely basketball, but uh, you know, also things like ice hockey um, in the winter, are considered high risk by. Uh, our EEA guidelines, which, uh, you know, EEA, the Energy and Environmental Affairs, provides guidance on sports. Um, there's more than uh, a greater, there's a requirement or a substantial likelihood of, of physical contact. Um, and again, the environment is different. A gym or a hockey rink is different than a soccer field. Um, so the conditions of prevalence may change and we are gonna consider all of our risk factors real time. And for those who are planning on participating in winter sports, you're taking with it that there is a, a possibility of a very real and heightened possibility of spread. And, um, you know, I've talked to a couple of sports that have started this week um, in schools elsewhere, and it didn't last very long for them to have to quarantine entire teams. And that's what makes us nervous, but it doesn't mean that we are not going to, again, give this the old college try. Um, further, we've uh, developed a return to play protocol for any student athlete who tests positive. Let's say the student athlete were to test positive and not have even been at practice, not have been, you know, we might not have to quarantine or isolate an entire team but we do have a return to play protocol similar to what would happen with a concussion. Um, and again, there's always the possibility that the entire league um, could decide otherwise. And if we end up not having an adequate number of teams to play against because other schools, other towns cancel um, or do not have the ability to play, um, our hope is that we will be able uh, to still participate in some way, allow our coaches and student athletes to participate together and do, do so safely. Um, we have shared this information all with our board of health and our school committee. And again, uh, the ideal would be that we'll be able to start the season on January the 4th. Um, and again, we need everybody to register <laughs> first and foremost. If you don't go out there and you don't register, uh, we can't figure out how many teams we're even gonna have. I mean, if we only have 10 girls sign up for basketball or 14 boys sign up for basketball, we, we're not very well gonna even have to worry about a JV team. So uh, the numbers will dictate 
uh, our scheduling. So we need that to, to, to happen and happen quickly and promptly and efficiently because we're going to be scheduling practice time for varsities, JVs, time in between and everything in between. So, um, you know, we're thinking uh, very soon that uh, hopefully we'll be able to to move forward and uh, start publishing out all those schedules. I want to thank Mr. Carboni for all his hard work um, in supporting in supporting what we're trying to do. But again, um, things aren't great out there. We're trying to keep things as normal as we can and using the lessons of those who have already started sports uh, to the best of our abilities. Um, so um, speaking of uh, things that have been a bit of a struggle, we also know that there have been some struggles with kids who are uh, struggling with remote learning, and we've put some different programs in place. We've recommended more students coming back to the building. Uh, we're recommending additional students uh, taking part in a Wednesday, uh, more directed advisory in the building than we have at home. Um, and we've also had a, a grant program supported by the state to the tune of you know, more than 14000 or $13,000, that close to $14,000, that'll help us uh, provide some supports for kids after hours, um, especially those that are struggling to access school uh, from a remote environment. So we, we're, we're doing a lot, and we are really trying to make sure that our, our students know who we are, even in these uncommon times. And in a few minutes, you're going to hear from our guidance counselors who've done a great job just all the way around um, with with supporting our kids. Um, before we head off to that uh, that segment with our guidance counselors, uh, just to let uh, folks know that have been asking, we do have uh, some plans starting for senior events, and we do plan on, on having those um you know, trying to get those scheduled soon. We know that some families have reached out and want to buy a prom dress. Are we going to have a prom? I mean, it's a little early to decide some of those details. Um, you know, if you were to ask me if the prom were going to be in two weeks, I'd be telling you probably not. But, um, you know, May is a long way off. Uh, one of the schools I worked at before I was fortunate enough to come to Uxbridge, we had um, something called the Winter Ball. I had a school of a thousand students at the time I worked in. And 700 kids would come to the winter ball. And uh, that was uh, one of the only things we did that was run grades, uh, all, all of the grades. And, uh, you know, made it made it difficult. And they're not having a winter ball for obvious reasons. But they haven't taken prom off of the uh, off the agenda. And nor have we. We're hoping that we'll be able to do some of our our traditional events uh, as best we can. We don't know yet. Uh, be working with the advisors and the officers very, very soon. Um, so we're going to tune in now to our uh, to a little segment here with our guidance counselors, Miss uh, Ashley Smith, Ms. Jamie Toto, Ms. Emily Cotter, who have been working tirelessly and implementing their curriculum to support all students uh, throughout the uh, start of this school year. We hope you like what they have to say, and I'll be back with our, to wrap things up. After you hear from Miss Cotter, Miss Smith, and Miss Toto. And welcome to this segment of our uh, Oxbridge High School Spartan podca podcast. And joining us uh, this uh, for this edition are our three guidance counselors, Ashley Smith, Jamie Toto, and Emily Cotter. Um, we'll hopefully be able to distinguish who they are by voice, or, or at least I'll preface um, the question with asking each of them a, a question so you know who's who to start. But we wanted to talk a little bit about um, what Uxbridge High School guidance 
has looked like um, since everything else in schools has looked different this year, um, including our guidance team. Uh, the reality is that, um, you know, guidance, while it's taken on a, a new look, has still had some of the very same uh, lessons, approaches, goals, and needs from students over the last few weeks. So, um, and so perhaps uh, to get us started, um, who should I ask first? I mean, we'll start with Ms. Smith because she's been here the longest. Um, and then, and then we'll, we'll move down the line. Um, she also has the top of the alphabet for those of you who, who work with Ms. Smith. But maybe you could talk to our, our, our listeners a little bit about some of the things that the guidance staff has been up to um, and what some of the priorities have been as we've transitioned back to school. Yeah, definitely. I think um, since the start of the school year, it's obviously looked very different. Um, you know, for us as a team, building relationships with students is our main priority. And we've made sure, you know, to not let that go to the wayside, even during a pandemic. Although many of our meetings have been virtual um, or even by phone call or email, you know, there's constant communication with a number of our students and their parents. Um, but Fortunately, given technology, we've been able to maintain a lot of our lessons that we normally do with our students. We were able to hold our senior seminars like we would have in a normal school year. We've already met with our juniors. We were able to meet with our eighth graders and really drive home some great organization and time management information. Um, so we're, we're keeping along with our lesson plans as we normally would. Um, it's just our priorities have shifted a little bit to adapt and adapt to students who are transitioning to the hybrid models, students who are moved full remotely and are, you know, maybe struggling with how to kind of keep themselves going in a flow or just the fact that they're missing people. So we are regularly, you know, reaching out to our students and working with them to not only figure out what they need from us, but to tailor our supports to really suit them. So let's, let's look at that because the supports have been a little bit different. Um, you know, I mean, there's still, you know, individual meetings, there's still class meetings, there's still whole class meetings. Um, but the needs of the students, how have you seen those change, um, if at all? And how have some of your, um, how has some of your work changed over the last, you know, maybe couple of months uh, from what you expected at the start of the year to, to where we are today? And um, I was gonna, you know what I was gonna do is I have this like magic eight ball that does most of my decision making. I was gonna shake it and see if it said, should I ask Ms. Toto next and see if it said yes. And it did, so we'll ask Ms. Toto. Cause, cause this is how you guys counsel, right? Magic eight ball, no, not, not quite. They're all shaking their heads. <laughs> They're just listening, this isn't a video. So uh, how have things been, been really different and, and what have been some of the, the biggest challenges, Ms. Toto? Yeah, so I think the most obvious thing is a lot less face-to-face -face interaction. We obviously have, um, most of our students are in a hybrid model, so they are doing a lot of remote learning, or we have students who are fully remote. So I know, especially for myself and Ms. Cotter, we are new to Uxbridge High School, so there's still a lot of students that we have not actually met in person, and that's really, really difficult because that is definitely kind of the building blocks of a counseling relationship. So that's been really tough. Um, I think we see um, a lot of things that are similar um, to kind of past things that we've dealt with with students, but um, a lot of things that are more unique to this year, obviously, I would say is engagement. 
um, students kind of losing that motivation, um, missing that interaction with peers and groups at school, even the social interaction. Some of these students aren't even seeing half of their classmates on a regular basis if they're not in the same cohort. So there's some students they haven't even seen in almost a year. Um, I think also knowing their teachers well enough to feel comfortable to reach out. Um, and again, just that transition more to um, email communication with teachers and reaching out that way instead of doing so during class time because that doesn't happen as much anymore. So we're doing a lot more coaching students on how to self-advocate, how to reach out, how to feel, still feel connected. Um, those are some of the biggest things that are different. Um, and so have you been able to work on the things that you think are most important, I guess, is, um, you know, as things have been different, I mean, the things that are most important to families are obviously post-secondary planning and staying on top of things um, and, and getting through the year. And I think there used to be this, let's, let's thrive on an annual basis. And, and maybe that's shifted now to let's survive before we can thrive. Um, has, has that been the same different or, um, more challenging, less challenging, or just just a different different altogether. And we'll throw this one to Miss Carter. Yeah. So um, some things. I mean, there's been benefits to having these virtual models of like giving our lessons. Um, I mean, I can't say I wasn't here last year, but obviously I talked to Miss Smith, and for our parent um, sem senior seminar, we went from about 12 parents to having it virtually to almost 50. So um, you can see the benefits and having the convenience of being at your home, being able to log in and get that information. So I think that's something that with post-secondary planning, we really didn't miss a beat with virtual, um, with everything being virtual. Students were still be able to connect with them via Zoom. Um, if they have a quick question on their Common App, we can quickly send them a Zoom link and they can ask us really quick instead of waiting to come down and ask us. Um, they can send us an email really quick if they have a question on about a particular school and we can email them back really quickly. So I think with post-secondary planning, that's not something that we've really missed a beat on. Um, thinking about like the stuff that's the most important, I think about you know the mental health of students um, and definitely like it, you can see that it's been impacted by this pandemic in so many ways. Um, but like our, I think the biggest thing that's been great and like I even saying we're a new staff, we've been able to lean on each other so much. Um, you know, thinking of we've had to think out of the, we've had to think out of the box a lot. Um, and I think that's only made us all stronger counselors, but also it's making our students stronger people. Um, so I really think that there has been obstacles. Um, but we're really, still able to get our lessons across but at the end of the day our main focus is their mental health which we're still able to meet with them um, via zoom when they need us we're still able to meet with them when they're here um, so I just think that the biggest thing is we want students to know that we're there for them and I think that is something that they haven't missed out on this year which is good so for the three of you gelling together as a team and um, you know getting to know staff two of you are new to UHS completely um, the challenges that, that come across your desk, um, much I, I joke with this about being the principal, you can't pick them. You don't get to pick what comes across your desk. You don't get to pick um, what kind of email you open in the morning and you don't get to pick um, you know, necessarily what uh, challenge comes on a day-to-day -day basis. What you can pick and what you can choose and what you can control are, are, are responses. And I would say that, that the responses never, uh, I mean, 
this is my, my observation from across the hall, is that your responses are very rarely individual. It seems like there's a, a pretty concerted effort to keep things as a team approach on a consistent basis. Um, so that what happens with student A, um, last name A, is the same as what will happen with student last name M or student last name T, depending on the situation. How, how fair an observation is that? Very fair. I would definitely say that the one thing that in any, we all went to three different grad programs, but in counseling, it's all about collaboration. And that's one thing that the three of us have done really well together is, you know, consistency is key. We don't want any student to feel like they're not receiving a support that isn't offered to someone else. So oftentimes, you know, we come together to sort of, you know, how have you dealt with this situation? Or, you know, maybe something unique pops up and it's, you know, we brainstorm together even responses just because we want to sort of make sure that the tone's coming off right. We're not missing anything. Um, it's really important that we're delivering the same message to all of our students because they all deserve the same options, opportunities, and availability that we can give. Yeah, and I think just like being um, a first year counselor, I think it's been so nice to, you know, I can approach our team without judgment of feeling like, oh, are they going to judge me for not knowing the answer to this? It's, they want me to ask these questions and they have questions to ask me as well. So um, I think that it's, we really create such a judgment free zone in this office. And it's something that even if you feel like, oh, maybe I could consult, but I don't have to, we kind of always just do. And I think it's like having, being comfortable with one another and always supporting each other has really been helpful, especially through this like kind of crazy year. Seems like that would pass on to the kids too. I mean, you know, I, listen, I think one of the misconceptions of, of guidance, um, you know, and I'll go back the way back machine, um, I won't tell you when I graduated from high school because it's further away than I care to admit, and I don't think any of you were alive. Um, but the, um, I think I saw my guidance counselor at the end of every year when we picked classes for the following year, and then like twice in October of my senior year when we went through our college applications. Um, there's still, I think, there, there's, there's probably less of that perception in Uxbridge, um, given you know, what we've done here over the last five or six years. Um, you guys are not, hey, we'll see you once a year counselors um, at all. And I think that's something that maybe if, if somebody is, is, is still out there listening to this point of our, of, uh, maybe our last, our last little section here, it's that you're ideally there for the students four years all the way through, five years all the way through, as it is here in Uxbridge. And it's not see you in October of your senior year. That model just doesn't exist here. And, and perhaps that's something on which you could elaborate. I, I would agree and I would say that's something that we wouldn't want to happen. Um, the reason that we all, I think I can speak for all of us, that we all got into this field is because we know that kids need support and we wanna be that place of support for students to feel non, not judged at all, somewhere where they can go that's not their parents or not their teacher where they can actually get some advice and some help. Um, so we don't want it to be that way. And, you know, if there is a student who we haven't met yet and, you know, someone who might be kind of flying under the radar because you're doing great, but you are missing that connection and you do want to check in with someone, I would definitely say, reach out to us. Um, we will never turn you away. We are happy to meet more students and have more students, um, know to reach out to us so we can kind of start building that relationship. Yeah. And I would say too, I think that most schools, and really just in the most 
people in this profession are moving away from that really guidance counselor role. Like, um, they, as they say, like, there's no such thing as a guidance counselor anymore. It's really that school counselor where we kind of are, we're going to help you learn about, we're going to learn about you for five years. We're going to help you learn about you for five years. We're not just here for that post-secondary piece. We're here for everything in between eighth and 12th grade. Um, so I think that is a huge piece as well. Even with our eighth graders, we were able to set up, um, through a Calendly, like the 15 minute meetings where we just get met to meet our, meet our eighth graders on a Wednesday. And it was like my favorite day. Cause I just got to like check in, meet kids, learn what their favorite things were, learn what they like to do after school. Um, and it was really just like to check in to see how they were doing. And that's important pieces to learn as we see moving forward um, and see as a, in their senior year. Well, I think we've reached the end of our time, um, believe it or not. See, I told you it goes fast. It, it goes quickly. Um, is there anything that, that you want people out there to maybe to know before we, before we sign off or anything that we didn't really touch on that, that you think a, a parent out there might, parent or a, someone might, might know? I see, I think Ms. Smith has something she wants to chime in with. I think the biggest thing that we want both students and parents to know is that we're here. We're here for them. We're here for you and we're accessible. It's not, you know, oh, my son or daughter's struggling in class or I'm having a hard time getting ready for this test. You know, we're here for those moments, but we're also here for the moments in between of, I just need five minutes to talk, to be distracted, to talk about what I did this weekend. Um, we're here for the big things and the little things, and that's gonna help us build our relationship so we can provide the most for our students. Well, I just wanna thank you. I know you have probably a thousand things to do on a, we're recording this on a Friday afternoon, so, um, I either waited for them to get everything off their desk before the weekend, or I just postponed the inevitable one or the other. Um, Cause I don't think the pile ever really goes away. Um, especially given these challenging times. So thank you to our guidance team for joining us here on our weekly podcast. And uh, remember you can always reach out to them if you, if you need anything, they're, uh, they're typically your first line of defense. Thanks a lot, everybody. And we'll, we'll talk to you soon. everyone hope you enjoyed hearing from our guidance counselors they're a great team uh been very fortunate to have a lot of great guidance counselors since uh we've we've assembled our team here at uhs and uh, certainly this team uh, along with our adjustment counselor miss allison sacconi uh our school psychologist hillary Ritaco, and our uh school team chair lori tobin our uh, behavior analyst, Heather Saywash, they're, they're a great team. Mr. Demeglio and I are fortunate to have so many different kinds of supports uh, with students. Uh, doesn't mean that they're not stretched thin. Uh, it doesn't mean that they don't have a lot on their plates, but uh, they have done a really great job doing what's best for students in a, in a difficult time. And it has been a difficult 2020. Uh, there's no question about it. Uh, there have been some highlights. There have been some some real, real, real positive things to mention uh, over the course of this year. Uh, a lot, uh, you know, to have our school recognized uh, again for a number of competitive grants, uh, for our school to be recognized as a, 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 a school being recognized for its inclusion by Special Olympics, uh, as a commended school by U.S. News and World and Project Lead the Way to have been accepted into uh, the CAPS network and to have been uh, seen as a, as a school that presents uh, at the national and state level 
Um, you know, I, I look at the award I earned as the uh, principal of the year as something I'll put on my uh, email signature and my uh, have that statue that goes around with me on my desk for the rest of my career. But uh, it speaks to how how just deeply appreciative and um, hardworking our entire staff is. Um, I'm appreciative of our staff and their hard work to get us to to all of these different milestones and. You know, we've been able to, to do a lot despite the pandemic and people have risen, if not exceeded the challenges, every single one we've put in front of them. Um, we're tired, I'm not gonna lie. There have been, there's fatigue, you can probably hear it in my voice. Um, I know teachers are tired. Um, I know that there are elements of what we had as a, a school prior to the start of the pandemic that aren't there right now and that makes me sad but it also uh, gives me something to which we can aspire um, because there are still so many things that we are doing well and uh, so many things for which I am appreciative so as we turn the page on 2020 and as we look ahead uh, with hope and with inspiration to 2021 um, I want to say on behalf of all of us at, at UHS um, we wish all of you a very happy, uh, safe, and most importantly, healthy holiday season. I think we've all said, you know, have a happy and healthy new year for years. Um, and I think it means something different as we turn the calendar from 2020. Interestingly enough, when I was an English teacher, um, one of the poems we would teach was, was Old Lang Syne. And it's the song that's traditionally sang at New Year's Eve. And Old Lang Syne, um, the, the term um, sometimes means it's interpreted as meaning long, long ago. And the song itself begins with that, that question of, you know, should, should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Meaning, should we forget about things from the past? And should we, you know, how quickly should we move on? And some people think that, you know, it's about remembering uh, people and things from the past as you move into the future. And I think that's even more important now as we turn our tide from 2021. There was a world before March of 2020, and there will be a world after this pandemic, that's for sure. And once we reflect on that, we keep our hearts warm. You better not cry. You better not proud. I'm telling you why. Um, I think we will come out of this uh, all, the, all for the better. But uh, as we say he's that, I, I know this has been a challenging year. He's and he's gonna know who's been naughty uh, or not. Nice. Move UHS forward over the next uh, over the next few years. Uh, certainly, you know, although many people would say, "Hi, you know, he we've knows if you were sleeping." about the next day, the next week, the next yeah, month. He knows we do have some things that are very much in mind. And he knows if you've forward. been good or bad. Um, so you better be you, good for goodness uh, In that spirit, do your part hey, over hey, these next few weeks to limit out, uh, the spread of the virus, you that you are safe, cry. that you are healthy, you uh, and that most importantly, you have a happy and well holiday Santa season Claus. for you and your immediate families. I thank you uh, for tuning in. All right, look uh, up, I, I thank you for all the continued support. I wish you the best. Uh, on behalf of all of us from, from Uxbridge High School, uh, happy holidays, happy new year. Uh, be well, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Uxbridge High School Spartan Podcast. <laughs>